Welcome to the She's All That video podcast, inspiring, entertaining conversations with women doing awesome shit, making change, and living life their way. Conversations that'll leave you thinking, damn, I'm glad I heard that. She's all that. Reliable, accurate healthcare information can be a rare commodity, particularly since the COVID-19 pandemic began. Marilena Gritani, a veteran pharmacist and a bilingual healthcare educator, uses her expertise and her ability to communicate the complexities of technical information to give people the information they need to know to stay healthy. In this episode, Marilena shares how COVID-19 became a part of the medical information that she shares with her clients and community, how she's assisting in getting people inoculated in her state, and she answers all of the important questions that people have about COVID and the vaccine. She's all that. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the She's All That video podcast. And today I am so excited to have Marilena Gritani here with me as my guest, because she's going to be getting into some juicy topics that I think we all need to know about right now. And one of them is she has expert knowledge of what's going on with the COVID vaccine. So she's going to give us some information about that. Marilena, after that, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm having so much fun already that I'm going to be happy after doing this. Thank you for having me. Let me tell you a little bit about Marilena. She's a doctor of pharmacy and she's a registered pharmacist. She has 27 years of clinical pharmaceutical practice in hospitals, retail pharmacies, and she's decided to change her professional life and use her education and use her passion to actually help those in need and who want medical guidance. And that's a huge issue that we're going to get into. So she has two platforms and the business name that she goes by, I love it, is The Legal Drug Dealer. She also has a podcast, The Legal Drug Dealer Podcast, and also has it in Spanish, The Controlando de Propia Salud, which is the exact same thing, all the medical information in Spanish. So she's serving two communities. Her passion is to empower with reliable medical information that's easy to understand. In the last year, Marilena has actually done this whole sidebar to her business, and that's to encompass all of the confusion around the medical issues related to COVID, the pandemic, everything that we've been going through. Okay, so just out of curiosity, why did why did you start this? What made you want to do this information around COVID? Well, uh, back then, um, the CDC or the FDA or the World Health Organization websites did yeah. not have anything in Spanish, like nothing, nothing. So if you were a Spanish speaker, you didn't have any resources to get that information from. And they had like posters that you can put in, in your office or, you know, wash your hands, keep your distance. None of that was available. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart. I'm still getting chills as I speak about it. So I gra- I learned how to use Canva then. Yeah. Yay, Canva. Thank you very much. And I copied without any approval from them, but I did my part to use my ability to translate, to use that information and put it in my website that you can find it in my, in the local legaldrugdealer.com forward slash Espanol. You would find it there because they look exactly like the one, like the ones that they did at the uh, CDC and FDA because there was nothing. So that's how I started. And then people uh, listened to my podcast and I started getting interviewed in Spanish for people asking me questions. And because I knew where they came from with like somebody said, if I eat a lot of garlic, would I just not get the virus? Because garlic stimulates your immune system, but not enough to do that and also not cause damage. So, you know, those I needed to continue giving answers because people wanted answers. That was yeah. one of the reasons. And then in March, my favorite auntie got the virus in Spain. She lives in Madrid. Oh, Her daughter. And, yes. 
uh, her uh, daughter and, and son-in-law got it. And she eventually got it. She got in a bad shape. She was in the hospital for two weeks in Madrid, in one of those hospitals that you see in the movies that is improvised hospital because it's not a hospital. Um, and she spent her two weeks there, even her 65th birthday. She's going to kill me if she hears that. But because she doesn't speak English, that's good. That's she okay. Um, she's, she, she turned 65 at the hospital and she was there isolated we couldn't talk to her we they couldn't go see her she couldn't get anything from anybody and that was killing me and i needed to know what was happening and then as it is right now because 90 percent of my family still lives in spain and you know that that is a big cluster there mm. i have at least 11 members of my family with the, with the virus including my mother so out of the everybody three people uh have been in the hospital Two got in the ICU, two got intubated. And because we are badasses, both of them kicked it out of their body. So they're all both out of the hospital. They need the respirator. Mm -hmm. They're dealing with the other stuff that happens yeah. right after yeah. it, but they're alive. So yeah. uh, because I needed to learn for me and for to educate my family and to and, and to talk to the physicians because they used to call me every day to tell me what it was, I, I, I had to learn. And now that I have all this information, I have to share it, period. Share it. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So just a little bit of background, because every country has its own approach to medicine and health and how that's rolled out. So um, I want to get into a couple of questions that I had read in your notes. The very first question that occurs to me is, why do people need this extra layer of medical information? Can't they just be getting this from their doctors? That is something that you would think that happened. And maybe that's what happens in Canada, but it does not happen in the U.S., unfortunately. Here, because uh, our health system is controlled by the insurance companies, they are the ones that decide how much they pay and for how long. So they actually have codes that that's what you build by. And the code is sometimes for 10 minutes or 15 minutes of your time doing something very specific. So unless you have several codes related to that particular time that you had with the doctor that would justify the amount of time that you're expending with them, then you don't get paid enough and you can drive your practice to the drain. And that's why physicians are pushed not to give the information that the patient needs necessarily or what they were trained to do, which is educate the patient so they get better because of this reason. So I, I, I'm trying to get the bridge in between what the doctor knows and needs to tell the patient versus what the patient needs to know and nobody's telling them. Because I've been in both sides. I've been I've worked for pharmaceutical companies or I'm a pharmacist, so I'm related to that. And then I have worked for hospitals and I understand what the difference is and where the 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 short circuits that are like, yeah. not, the way, not this way, that other way. So I believe that I can talk, I can speak for both. Plus I've been a patient too. So so you see where the gaps, the informational gaps are for the patients. So I had also noticed in the notes, you said that there's some insecurity people have when they receive a medical diagnosis. The doctors don't always have their best interest in mind. That is more of this issue. So this means that the patients are coming out, they have a diagnosis, but other than maybe knowing the name of the diagnosis, they really don't know what that means or what the ramifications are or what they can expect in the future. Well, what it means is that they don't really understand what's going on or where it might be coming from. Because as we all know, have knowledge of this, is that lifestyle and diet and nutrition and exercise uh, dominates our lives. If we don't have one of them, then we are in, in not balanced. And then mm -hmm. what the physicians do that is in the U.S. that is easier and faster is give you a pill. 
So then you end up having a bunch of pills that you truly didn't need if you made the, the changes that you could. Granted, there are situations that you need an umph, right, from a medication. And that's what their job is. Their job is not to give a pill for everything. Yeah. It's just to get you to the point where you can control it and while you do the changes that you need to, to make yeah. in order to get better and then slowly titrate it down to the point that you don't need it anymore, if that is the case. Of course, right. there's medications that are for life and you cannot take, you know, take out of your life because it happens. But in the way that it is right now, mm-hmm. that's the, the most uh, patients, what they have. They have a, what we call polypharmacy, which is a bunch of medications in their uh life that they take a bunch in the morning, a bunch at noon, a bunch at night, and they, you know, they have interactions among themselves, and then you have more problems, and they give you more pills for that. And it is a circle that I don't believe needs to happen. So do you find that with a lot of the people that your your clients or the people that are part of your Facebook group, the legal drug dealer community, which is an amazing resource for people to come and, and get some feedback on what's going on with them and, and assistance from you and other subject matters. I understand you also invite other guest speakers in and they're on your podcast. Do you find that most of those people tend to look at, oh, I got this medication and the medication is therefore the answer, not just the bridge to get me to a place where I can start with lifestyle changes, improving my health. Yes, unfortunately, that's what happens. Like you have patients that are uh, 100 pounds or 50 kilos overweight, and they are not planning to change, but they want the doctor to give them a pill so they feel better about it. Not that they're going to fix a problem, but they feel better about it. It's like, okay, I can eat all this junk because I'm taking the pill, so it's good. Unfortunately, that's where we are. Bit of a disconnect there. Yes. Oh my God. With that in mind, you've been doing, how long have you been doing the legal drug dealer? January last year. So it's a year already. Wow. So you're doing all that. And then of course you began to encompass COVID. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I was really curious to ask you was what are the top three questions you get asked? And um, I'm going to ask them to you. Like I'm one of your clients or patients or members of your community. And the first one is why do I need to take vaccine and what will it do to help me? Well, the the answer is because you don't want to get really sick or die with COVID. I think it's very simple and straightforward. Of course, it has a lot of information behind it. And, yeah. and if you go watch my my capsule, my, inf- my informative capsules that I'm, I'm bringing into my uh, Instagram, Instagram live, I, I do have uh, in my IGTV, I do have five questions that I answer every day. And tomorrow yeah. is the last one. There's number 10. And I answer, you know, a bunch of questions that are m- most of this. And each yeah. one of them bring a little bit of information to uh, give you a general idea about them. But basically, that's what it is. Vaccines are created as this, the, the biggest uh, modification that we have made in the, in the health community since the beginning of last century, saving lives. And this is another one. Is that that's it? That's the main, the, the, the short answer. That's what it is. So what will it do to help me? It will keep you from getting the virus and getting sick. sick. Yeah. And all the consequences of it that are <laughs> yeah. really bad and not good. And and just the trauma of being at the hospital with a bunch of people dying because that's what you see in the news. Yeah. Just that PTSD is horrible. So imagine everything else that happens to you. You, you don't want that. Trust yeah. me, you don't. Yeah. Stay away from that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Second question you said that you get the most is, why did these vaccines get approved so fast? And I have to say myself, when we first started hearing that, obviously they were throwing works into operation back in March, let's Mm -hmm. find this vaccine. The timelines that we know, the FDA timelines were minimum, I think they were saying 18 months, as much as 24 months before we would have a working vaccine to market. Well, we got there in nine or 10 months. So why did they get approved so fast? Yeah. Well, uh, because it was an emergency. 
But I have to say and confess that I didn't like that vaccine at the beginning either. When they said in May that they were going to start trialing these vaccines, I'm like, are you crazy? What are you doing? I was trained 27 years ago, right? I graduated 27 years ago. Plus, I work for the, the, the industry for so long that I do know how long does it take and how many years of experience you need to have with this yes. type of product to say you can results. use a massive. Yeah. yeah. But when you have a that many people dying every day, you have to do something. Yeah. And what happened is that I guess uh, the universe got aligned together, as Paulo Coelho says in his books, um, for this to happen. Technology had been developing for years, over a decade, on something that was not related to vaccines at all. They were just, you know, nerds. They were playing with their stuff and they were trying to work with uh, mRNA. I was going to say, was it? Yeah, yeah, which is part of the the genetics of uh, not necessarily viruses, but also bacteria. And they were just trying to see how about if we just find out what is the part that is causing harm and then we just change it. How about that? And they started study all this for, for over a decade. So and this now, just happened the, to be already and loaded up. Yeah. That it they was could take just, advantage of it for There we go. That's exactly what happened. Actually, there is one vaccine that was already approved for Ebola that has a similar technically uh, delivery method. And uh, they researched the heck out of it before they approved it. Because hold on, this is weird. But again, Ebola was killing so many people. And it was, it was localized, it was, yeah. but yet it was doing a lot of harm. So they decided to, to open their minds to that. And they checked under their desks, under their nails, everywhere to find whatever dirt they could have. And they didn't find any, it was just wonderful. And it's all thanks to technology. And one thing that I want to, uh, compared with is that Mm -hmm. when I was a child and I needed to find something new for school, I needed to be driven or I needed to walk to the library to talk to the librarian for her to give me some books. Mm -hmm. And then with those seven books, I needed to read a bunch of stuff so I could find a definition for me to actually understand what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Now you grab your phone and you Google it. So that difference in in time is based in technology. So the same thing applies here. Before they would have grabbed the virus and look at it and cut it and dissect it and try this and that. Now they have something that is called uh, th- that is a computer system that just basically gives you the blueprint of the of the virus. And then yeah. with that blueprint, they said, oh, this is the part that causes the reproduction reproduction of it. Let's just cut that out. Let's just kill that part. And then let's just make it, you know, synthetic It's not part of the virus. People remember that part. It is a photocopy yeah. synthetically made that is not going to cause you harm because it's actually not the thing, but it looks very much like it. That would trick your immune system to think, hey, if you see stuff like this, like a like a um, rewards poster that they used to have in the oh, yeah. West. Wanted. Wanted. There you go. If you find all these characteristics, most likely it's this virus that is killing a bunch of people. So please be aware of that. And and that's basically and what your body the reacts. Does. Yeah. Now, so then when they, they read this, I'm sorry, when they no. decided to do this and they noticed that in animals was so good and they started, the, because of the numbers of deaths, they decided to say, well, if there's volunteers that want to try that, we're going to allow you to do it because we are an emergency and then the results were magically wonderful they said it will be a sin a disrespect a non-human thing to avoid this to happen now they did have something that i want to make emphasis on this Mm -hmm. uh, that is called pharmacovigilance which is you are vigilant of the pharmacos that are being approved just in case because they got approved a little bit fast Now, granted, every medication has that process. After something happened, uh, when it's launched, they will decide, will we keep it approved or will we just take it out of the market because it might be harming more people than benefiting them. And that happens with every single medication. But with this one, because the tests in humans were relatively short, 
great positive numbers, awesome numbers, but still short. The pharmacovigilance was so, I mean, the system that they put together is a Cadillac. I never seen something before and I've been in this yeah. business for a long time. So that's the part that you should be confident that it's not going to cause you, you know, be afraid of it. Plus seven plus million people have been vaccinated and very few have which, had little tiny side Yeah, effects. which is incredible when you think when this gets, got started, which was sometime last month. And we've already got yes. seven and a half million. Well, the vaccine got approved the 11th of December. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, one ago. kind of sidebar question that wasn't necessarily in your top three, but um, what you were just saying here, that it is the mRNA yeah. techni- technology that is being used and not the old fashioned, let's take a dead version of, of the virus and you know that kind of thing. The anti-vaxxer community mm-hmm. is very... Uh, <laughs> I saw that reaction. The anti-vaxxer community is very upset. No, it's it's funny because similar. That was the personal me, not the professional me. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, Their whole thing. Well, one of the big things that I understand that they're so worried about is the fact that there's the trace mercury element in vaccines and it's causing autism in children. There's with this new technology, there is none of that is part of it. Correct. So that's one thing that the the anti-vaxxers can kind of like climb down off the the pulpit on. But also, um, it wasn't in your questions, but I see in my social media feeds, uh, news stories referencing people's thoughts that there are microchips in the vaccine and that Bill Gates is trying to to microchip them. You know where the microchips are? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You're already totally traceable and trackable and everything you do in your life is already recorded. Absolutely. And they truly track you. Even when you do turn off all the, you know, uh, stuff that they want to track, yes. they still do. I, I would, do. my my one personal anecdote on that is I went to Cuba back in 2016. You know, they don't have internet and I turned off yeah. everything. My phone was supposedly unconnected and I could use Google Maps and it would trace me all through the city of Havana everywhere I went in real time. So I have no idea how that happened, but yeah, they're watching, even if you turn yep. off your location. Absolutely. Um, so, okay. Now so I wanted to, to say one, yeah. if you, if you don't mind, I just wanted to say that the antivax now, what they're saying is that because this technology, which is a um, synthetic copy of the mRNA of the vaccine, yeah. Yeah. now they're saying that they're messing up with our RNA or our genetics. And then we're going to be, uh, you know, infertile. We're not going to be able to have babies and all these kinds of thoughts. I, I, for me, it's funny because obviously they have not studied this the way that it needed to be studied. And I have over 90 hours studying all this. So I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. But also, um, I'm just thinking, are they expecting to grow another head in their necks because of this? Or what are they so scared of? And I think uh, another thing you have to take into consideration is that 80 to 90% of all American rice and soybeans are GMO. So you've been eating genetically modified stuff. And if that didn't affect you and you're you're totally blase about that. So like one shot that's going to save you, your life, your grandmother's life and all your children and neighbors. Mm. And the whole risk we're taking. Yes. Um, Now you had said that, and as we all know, people are just grabbing information right, left and center on this one. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they're doing a whole lot of background information to find out whether they're getting it from a trustworthy source. So one of the questions you get is, who do I trust to get my information related to COVID? What do you tell them? Well, don't trust people that don't know, that have no way to know. Yeah, That's simple, that, right? But still, the human uh, species, we try to uh, trust. We tend to trust the ones that we know, whether they're knowledgeable or not. 
Right. Like your mom, right? We talked about it earlier. And then your neighbor and friends of yours. And you listen to what they have to say because you love and respect them. So you allow them to give you information. Right. But you don't do that with those that you don't know. And that is to preserve you, you know, your your life. I understand that. But at the same time, when you are not an expert on something, what do you do? Let's say that your car gets broken. Do you send it to your mom for her to <laughs> fix it? No, you send it to the expert that takes care of your car. Same thing when you have uh, a question of vaccination. Who are you going to ask? Your mom? No, your mom, unless your mom is a virologist or somebody that is an expert on virus or, or a pharmacist like me, then you don't, right? You go to the person that knows. So mm -hmm. it, is, it is very mind-blowing to me that you believe something that you found on Facebook when you know for a fact Facebook posts are ridiculous and you know that people have said a lot of stuff that is not real now what that does and i believe that that is good is that they open a path for you to understand what else is out there mm -hmm. but then your responsibility and that's the part that we humans are not doing is to verify it exactly it's like it's like if i if i tell you september you know what your friend laura said that you are ugly and your nose is crooked what are you going to do hate laura forever or go to laura and say hey laura I just want to know. Marilena told me this. What's going on? Well, I said this and that, but I didn't mean it badly. This is what this is what it was. And then you get to decide, right? Yeah. But you go to the primary source, which yes. is the person that said what they said. Yeah. Now, if that person is somebody that you can trust based on their uh, credentials, based mm -hmm. on their decades of studies, based on, on experiences that they had before, then you decide I will trust or not. But yeah. what I want people to do is and that's my suggestion yeah. is because again, I'm nobody to tell you what to do mm -hmm. is to get your, your mental algorithm fed yes. with true information. Yes. And then you make your own decisions. I mean, now, I'm not going to tell you that you are not to take the vaccine or take it. Yeah. You need to decide. Is so are there any sources of information that you recommend to people that are um, accurate, up to date, aligned with all the best research, but are also easy to digest for somebody okay. who's not a professional in the field? That is precisely the problem because all the the ones that are experts that are nerds, yeah. right? Because I have no other way to describe it. Yeah. We speak our language and you yes. don't understand it. Yes. And then if I tell you, go read uh, studies on JAMA, that is a journal of American uh, Medical uh, Academy, then you're going to be like, all this, I, I don't know. And then they talk about statistics and you're going to be like, oh, I don't know what conclusion to draw out of this. So unless you have years and years, in my case, almost, third, almost three, oh my goodness, I'm old. I just realized that <laughs> almost three decades of experience reading uh, clinical studies and finding out statistically speaking, which one is representative and which one is not yeah. and what information can I get, even though it's not st st statistically representative, what can I get from that? Then you do not know. So what I suggest is that you go to those that you trust that are knowledgeable, that are showing you the information, the way that you need to see it. Yeah. And most importantly, the ones that are not telling you what to do. Interesting, interesting. Because they might have an agenda or they might have yes. a personal uh, bias and yeah. then you either decide to go with them or not. Unfortunately, he, here in the US, our almost out president was uh, against the, the, the best authorities in the world because- I couldn't know, believe the how CDC the CDC said, got trashed this last year. I know. They were considered the gold standard in the world for my entire lifetime. They still are. They still but, are. But like they, they got totally sidelined and trashed. Yep. And, oh Same thing with the, the World Health, Health Organization. Those yep. are the ones in charge of the health in the whole world because that isn't their name. Yep. Why would you trash them? I mean, these people are such a 
sweethearts and nerds that yeah. they don't even know how to respond to that. That's exactly. why they were trash and they didn't get anything out of it because yeah. that's not what their job is. They're so busy saving lives. Yeah. They didn't have time for this. So uh, I would say go to them. And the CDC is another one. Unfortunately, yeah. this thing, this virus caught us without us even knowing that it was coming. And they took time to get out there because we didn't know that much. Well, as I understand, um, in this particular administration, there was a dismantling of the emergency response to a pandemic. So what had yeah, been in well, place had been dismantled and wasn't there. So it had to be quickly cobbled together. Well, um, that's what the information that we have and the sources that I have, I trust. And uh, because that's what you do when you care about the people and not about your policies or your or the ways that your ideas or your ideologies, but the people, which is, I believe, the job of anybody that works for the government, then you do that. And that's what they created. And and Dr. Fauci, that is one of the most renowned people uh, in in terms of infectious diseases that include Mm -hmm. AIDS. Ebola, all the A1C, I mean, all these uh, diseases that have been here, he had developed, he developed with the prior minister, administration, and I don't want to make this polit- put it yep. political yep. at all. I mean, it's but, just that, excuse okay, me, just let's this, put in here, one year ago, would discussing Dr. Fauci, a doctor and an advisor on health issues, would that have been political? It's not primaphasia political but all right i don't think you're being political by saying anything about it but i still follow him i, t- yeah. I still knew that he was the guy because yeah. he was the one that started with aids when aids was again a surprise to all of us and he was the one to figure out what to do because yeah. that's what he did and that's yeah. why he's been in charge of the immunology and allergy uh institute for so many decades because this guy is a god i mean somebody yes. that you just go bow and say whatever you say yes sir still i challenge his uh, information because yeah. I want to make sure that you're still on, yeah. right? Yeah. And because yeah. you've been politicized, I just need to make sure. Yeah. And he is, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a whole lot of other questions that you regularly get about mm-hmm. it. Um, are you okay if I just throw out some Go of your questions? It. Okay, so the first thing that, um, questions around the infection itself and how we protect ourselves. How does the virus reproduce in a human body? The virus has the little spikes that are on top of it that we yep. all see in those pictures. And yep. each one of each, each virus has 90 to 100 of them. Mm-hmm. Each one of them have the blueprint to reproduce a virus. So each one of them have the capacity to create another virus. So mm-hmm. one virus can reproduce to 100. And those 100 can reproduce to 1,000 and so on and so forth. And that's how it transmits. It actually, this is how it works. This is how sneaky this virus is. It comes, that little spike comes over yep. and comes to your cells, the ones that reproduce uh, uh, protein and tell them, hey, copy this really quickly. You know, nobody's going to know. And they do it. And then once it happens a million times, you are all sick. So, and yeah. How long does that take to get to from like that that first, hey, reproduce this to your sick? Hours, l- less than 10 hours. Oh, my God. Okay. Why do some people get mild symptoms, if any, while other people get really sick? Mm-hmm. Well, because, well, there's so many answers for that, but it's because of the immune system, the way that the immune system works. The immune system is your army that defends you. And yeah. if you have a good one with good nutrients, with good exercise that is great in great shape and with yeah. good vaccines, then it will kill them faster. But if you have a weak one that you, you don't eat that good, you don't exercise that well, it's just like, oh, all wimpy, it won't defend you that well. That is so, the big difference. Yeah. Okay. So it's not necessarily like what we initially thought it was like, oh, it's all the old people. It's just that we're more there was a greater proportion of that particular demographic had a poorer baseline health. Okay. So, so how do people really die from COVID-19? 
for the lack of oxygen. So basically the virus get in, gets into your lungs and then you have little sacs that are called alveoli that are the ones that, you know, get in um, deflated and inflated. And that's where, where the interchange of oxygen goes, where oxygen goes to your blood and mm -hmm. CO2, which is, you know, uh, a gas that you need to get out of you because it's waste mm -hmm. gets out. Mm -hmm. But when those alveoli are so full of virus and, and, and the inflammation that your body is creating, trying to get rid of them because your immune system is the one that causes that cytokine yeah. uh, inflammation uh, that is happening or uh, cascade, as we call it, then yeah. it, 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 does, it can't do that and it can't do the interchange. And then the oxygen doesn't get there and then they starve and they get in shock and they eventually get out. Now, when you have again, kidneys and liver and brains and hearts that are already damaged by yeah. years of years of neglect or years of years of disease or years yeah. of years or not fixing them the way that you should have done it by exercise, uh, diet and, and lifestyle, mm -hmm. then they're more susceptible to die whenever the oxygen is not high enough for them to work because they already are, you know, weak and not working well. So uh, when all of them get together, uh, that is not a good, it's not a good mix. It just yeah. doesn't happen. So, so basically, would it be correct to say that people are suffocating to death? Yes. That's why they do the, uh, I'm lacking oxygen. I, I can't catch my breath, breath because they just can't. The shortness yeah. of breath is the first identifier. And it's Whoa. not because you don't have the capacities because the inflammation that you have in your lungs is so bad that... Uh, it doesn't it doesn't let you the lungs cannot do their job because they're just inundated with cytokines and also virus so if it is primarily a respiratory disease why are we also seeing things about people having um brain effects and heart effects and other organs of the body what's going on with that because they don't get oxygen and they get affected and if you have organs that have been sick before let's say that you have a heart disease or you have a kidney disease or you have a lung disease or liver disease and then they don't get enough oxygen I mean, they were already wimpy and then you cut out their oxygen, they're going to be way worse. And in the terms of the CNS, which is the brain or the central nervous system, this thing is like a gremlin. It goes everywhere, destroying everywhere. So it, and everything and affecting us badly, so badly that our brain is getting affected, too. And we have so many adverse effects that are after the disease or during the disease, like dizziness, uh, mental spells, and you have like like, like fog in your mind that you don't remember the words. It happens like that and it's yeah. proof that it goes to your brain. The very first sign is because you lose your sense of taste and your sense of smell, yeah. and that is in your brain. So yeah, I've heard of like long-term cognitive impairment and like they don't even yes. actually, for the but long haulers, they don't even death. know how long no. this is going to be impacting them. This is forever. No. One it's other reason thing- yeah, one other brand new thing that, that I've seen that scientists are finding is in some cases, there's actually erectile dysfunction because of COVID. And my thought was, damn, first day that should have been in the headlines. We would have cured this three people in. <laughs> so we've, we've got all these different things throughout our body. And it's all, as you explained, because everything's being impacted by the virus and by the starvation of ox oxygen in the body. Why am I having so many mood issues after getting a mild version of COVID? And why am I so dizzy and tired? It's because the, the virus, the stinky virus gets to your brain and affects certain areas of your brain that causes that. And also because um, I think that the, the dizziness and the uh, weakness is a trick that your body's doing to yourself so you don't move. So that way you don't spend oh, energy and you don't breathe, breathe harder because the body's already having issues to breathe, right? They're not getting oh. enough oxygen. So the less you move, the better you get oxygenation. But the more you do, you know, you have to, you need more oxygen. So I think that that's part of it, but it's 
the, that's my theory and my, yeah. my hypothesis, and I, I'm not a scientist, but what the scientists are saying, and I believe that they're correct yeah. as well, that, they, uh, that it is because uh, the virus gets in your brain and affects you certain areas that are specifically for those. Okay, one of the things. questions at the end of this section is, what can I do to protect myself? Be a good human being and think about the world and if it was your house, your family, your place. Mm -hmm. Because if I ask you, would you protect your child? You would say, with my life. But you know what? The child, the child that you're not protecting out there is mine and yours and hers and his. So if we all think the same way, this is going to go away. Actually, if we did it at the beginning when it started where it started and we knew that it was bad and we would be responsible, we wouldn't be here. Kind of like Korea, but, like Taiwan, like New Zealand, like yeah, all the countries yeah. that got on top of it right away. But, you know, there is beliefs now and I... I I, I agree with them. Nutrition is a part, is, and, and lifestyle is also part of it, because the countries that have less incidence of COVID is the people that are more healthy, that people have the better uh, health in general. They have better health system, and they have more time to explain to them what they need to do. And instead of taking a pill for everything, they do stuff to change their health. Yeah. So then these are the other ones that are having better results. And, and that's also a, a, a hypothesis that that's why some people get symptoms and why don't some people don't, because mm -hmm. maybe you have taken care of your body in such a way like the teenagers like have 14 16 years old they get nothing if right. any they lose their taste and their smell and they feel a little fatigued but that's it because they're brand new bodies nothing is broken there right mm -hmm. and even if they they're always you know trying to be skinny because they're girls or trying to be athletic because they're boys or most of them are generalizing of course and their health is way better than ours so then when you compare that with somebody that is sedentary that it's really crappy food that doesn't take care of their body and what have you, of course, that body is not going to do as well as the other. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So on to testing. <laughs> we, why are negative tests not to be trusted? Well, let's think about this. Everything, nothing is perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. a chance that this thing didn't work. It was expired. It was broken. What have you? Things happen. Um, uh, brand new cars not, don't work sometimes yep. happens, yep. right? Mm -hmm. But going to the actual scientific part of it is because the virus, uh, we think, is believed based on the data that within six to 10 days after the virus gets to your body, mm -hmm. it replicates and reproduces in enough number to get the positive test right. on those tests. Yeah. Because before that, it's not that many, and then it might not detect it. Right. So you need to have enough number of virus in your body for it to start populating your no nasal cavity for it to be detected. So that's why. So then let's say that you went to this crazy party on Monday that they had 300 people in a very small room and nobody was wearing masks, right? And you got infected. And then you go home for those five days, you don't feel mostly anything because the virus is not in enough volume for you to start having issues with your lungs, not being able to breathe and not having the virus going in your brain and giving all those side effects. But you're so still you expelling it. it. But you still have it. Yeah. And when you speak, it comes out because it comes from your lungs, right? When you cough, when you scream, when you sing, when you laugh, so, or, you know, it's all coming out. And then your husband sleeps next to you. If you're a girl, he's getting it from you. You didn't know you had it, but he is. 
until because he's very close to you and because it's in your room and your room doesn't have that good ventilation that they're supposed to have because it's the winter time and all yeah. the windows are closed yeah. you know all the reasons for that to happen it's like a perfect storm yeah. so you need to wait until then for that to happen so in monday you got exposed and you don't know uh, maybe you start feeling a little bit of symptoms maybe by day four or five if you get if you get tested that day it might be negative because you don't have enough for the virus to de- for the test to detect it but if you do it three four days later most likely it's going to be positive so that's what we call false negative Mm-hmm. They're false. I mean, they're not true when they say that it's negative yeah. because you still have it. You just don't have it enough for it to detect it. And honestly, these tests are so flimsy because they're brand new and nobody had time to test them because everybody was yeah. dying and we just needed something. Yeah. That's what we have. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that they're infallible. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who lives in the Netherlands, we were talking about the different protocols in different countries. And she was saying that uh, you don't take one test, you take three. Mm-hmm. over a short period of time and if any of the three come out because yeah. they understand yeah false negatives yeah. are just such a huge yes. part of the whole thing <sighs> okay but, so but if you have a negative you are not to be without mask and that's what people yeah. have done and then you think oh my gosh really no you still need to be isolated until you have uh, at least 10 to 15 days after you start getting symptoms or after you knew that you got exposed yeah that's what you need to do so you protect not only your family but the whole world. Yeah. 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 I've actually had to say that to somebody who was, uh, I was in a store one time and I was really shocked to realize that I started a conversation with this person and then realized you, you don't have a mask on everybody else in the store, including myself had a mask on. And he said, uh, I think it's a matter of your own beliefs. If it was like, well, first of all, it's not your own beliefs, asshole. You're talking to me and you could be getting me sick. And then he said, well, if you want to live in fear and wear a mask, uh, to which I had to answer, excuse me, this mask is for you. Yes. This is protecting you. Yes. But anyways, on to the vaccine. (laughs) You actually get the question, is the vaccine going to prevent me from getting the virus? No, not at all. Nobody. Actually, no no vaccines is going to protect you from getting whatever it's against to. Mm -hmm. What the vaccine does is to protect you from getting a disease from it. Because the virus is going to come in no matter what. It's in the environment. You're eventually going to be exposed to it. What the vaccine does is to give them the the wanted poster to your immune system to say, as soon as the virus comes in, you're going to attack this thing because this thing is to destroy us. And then the immune system already has the checklist, what to look for. And also it has a strategy that their generals and colonels and everybody that is in the ganglia just can organize the the strategy against the virus. They implement it immediately. And everybody knows, everybody, I mean, all your cells, your immune system cells that are all over the place just trying to find it. And mostly in, in, in the respiratory canal, which is where these things lives. And then they will kill it faster. If your immunity is good and the vaccine, you had your two doses and it's very recent, most likely you're not even going to have any symptoms. Actually, with the two vaccines, people within 12 to yeah, 12 days, they wouldn't have 50 percent of them didn't have any symptoms whatsoever. If they got the disease, only 50 percent of the, them did. But it was very mild. Never anybody that got the vaccines in the trials ended up in the hospital. Not even one, much less died. Well, that's an improvement. But that's that awesome. Before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another question you has that have uh, been asked is if I'm healthy and athletic and I eat well and I exercise every day, do I need the vaccine? And obviously the answer is yes. And th- then they come back with why? Well, because you want to make sure that you're protected. Because mm-hmm. if you get this virus, 
uh, we don't know what it's going to go do to your body. And most likely, if you have a, a underlying problem that you don't even know about, this is the time that it's going to flourish. And you don't right. want to go. Get yeah, to know that then. you don't want to so, find that out at that point. No, 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 yes. you don't. Nobody does. Yeah. Okay. So if I got the virus and even went to the hospital, do I now need the vaccine? Yes, you do, because there is cases, very few, that you can get reinfected. And there is a, a study that was published this morning uh, from the UK that they were talking about um, healthcare providers that were, you know, followed after they got it the first time if they get it again. And very few of them did, but they did. So uh, fortunately, it's, it's mild, it's, where, it's less than the first time, but still, mm -hmm. you still can get it. The problem is, and I'm pretty sure that everybody that is listening have heard about this, mutations occur, which is normal for the virus. They just yeah. change to make sure that they survive and do what they need to do, which is invade everything and everybody. Like the gremlins, yeah. they just want yeah. to reproduce and continue doing the disaster that they're doing. So when they find out that you're killing them this way, they're like, okay, I'm going to change this because I'm going to be sneaky. The immune system is uh, very good, but it doesn't necessarily mean that has the speed to get to it on time. So when you have the vaccine and you have, uh, when you have the immunity that you created when you got the virus, but when you have the vaccine, you have a higher percentage, percentage of you know, dismissing it or killing it. Also, you are pretty much covered based on the uh, engineers that are experts on genetics that for at least a year or a year and a half, you're gonna be covered for any mutation based on the data that, that have been occurring. So, because all what they care is about the spike and all of the mutations that have happened have not been in the spike. So, oh, you know, okay. but it's going to eventually happen. That's when they will continue monitoring what it is, the, the virus that are out there. And then the changes, they just have to add that. Okay, we need to do the checklist. We're going to add this one because this is what the new virus uh, mutation is. Mm -hmm. So then instead of taking it out, what it was before and putting the new one, they are adding up. So you have immunity against all of it. So you are protected because you don't know which one you're going to get because maybe tomorrow right. you go to, I don't know, to Thailand, and they have the old one there. So then you, you need to be protected no matter what. So yes, mm -hmm. everybody should be vaccinated. And we think that we need to get a second dose, a second uh, treatment, whether it's within a year and a half or two years. Mm -hmm. uh, still in research, because again, this is brand new, right? We just yeah. have a month with the vaccine. Yeah. and But that's the, the estimate, because people get about eight months of uh, good uh, protection. And uh, most likely by then it's shouldn't be that bad. We just need to do our part though. Mm -hmm. So why two doses so close together? And I've well, noticed different countries and different even jurisdictions within the same country will have differing gaps between the first and the second inoculation. Why? Well, the clinical studies showed that uh, the first dose within 12 days in the Pfizer uh, trials, they had 52% uh, efficacy. That means that out of 100 people that got vaccinated, only 48 got sick with the disease. That was very mild again, but still got sick. Now, whenever you get this, you go and, and children get this too. If you had a child, you know this, they get a booster, yeah. which is basically another dose of the vaccine that is telling the immune system, hey, you guys, remember me? Yeah, yeah we do. Remember that you didn't tell it? Did you tell everybody, oh, we didn't hold on these guys and these guys and these guys, we didn't tell. So now that you came over, thank you so much for reminding me. Now everybody's going to get the message. And then you have a higher percentage of not getting sick. Like after seven days of the second dose with Pfizer specifically, again, because it's the one that had been, I, I've known for the longest time, it was the first one approved. Mm -hmm. uh, after the seventh day, you get 92% of efficacy, which means that not the, about out of the 100 people that get the vaccine, only eight might get a very, very mild disease or symptoms, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. 
Wonderful. I just need to make sure that people understand that the FDA in the U.S. will approve a vaccine if it has at least 50% efficacy, which means that you have 50-50 chance for other vaccines. This one has 90, which is ridiculous. Yeah, yes, it's yeah. like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's amazing. Uh, oh, one of the things that, that what you just said, it occurred to me, if they just use the word booster shot, I think that would resonate with anybody, as you say, that's either had a booster shot as a kid or has a kid and had to take them in for their booster shot. Yeah, just explain it. Use the right word. I just think I just think that um, the messaging have not been ideal. Yeah. And it's because they're so busy trying to save lives yeah. that they're not taking the time to, yeah. you know, to do it the proper way. If yeah. they had three years to figure it out, maybe they would hire they could somebody have finessed in the messaging. marketing yeah. and messaging, but communications team. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So do we know adverse effects that are going to show up long term? No, not yet. Again, the vaccine was approved in December, day, December the 11th. And then people started receiving the ones that went through the trials for Pfizer. That was yeah. the very first one started in May. So, so far, they haven't they haven't reported anything. Um, the only side effects that I can tell you I got, because I got my vaccine right here, yeah. uh, December the 30th, a day that I would never forget, um, because we vaccinated almost 1500 people that day. And I was wow. part of it because I was drawing the vaccine and I still get good spump that you can't see because I have a long sleeve, but that day was magical for me. Not only because I got the vaccine and that personally speaking was a big thing for me, but because I was part of a team of about 500 people that worked together as volunteers to save lives. This many people, because those people have families, those people have friends, those people, those people work and they caught the, 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 the circle of the reproduction yeah. of the virus by getting vaccinated. So that's a day that I would never forget. But um, I totally forgot. I'm getting, I'm getting emotional get just listening to you talk about that one. Yeah, so the long-term awful. effects. Okay. So the side effects that I got, thank you for that, is that I got a pretty sore arm, which I was delighted to have. And people look at me Why? and they say, are you crazy? Yeah. Why would you like to have pain? Yeah. Because that's the way that I know that all my immune system cells or the guards of my army came over to say, who are you? What are you doing here? What do you want? Because oh, okay. we don't know you and we need to kill you. And then the vaccine is like, hold on. Look, this is what I need to tell you because it's out there killing people. So you guys need to know. And then they said, you know what? We don't believe you. We're going to keep you here. We're going to cause some inflammation. We're going to cause some some uh, heat or oh, temperature. And we're going to keep you here. That's why you get the pain right there. They don't let it spread. Spread, so that's a good sign because they're just containing it. Yeah, they're containing it. And then they go to the ganglia, which is here, uh, depending on the side of you got your vaccination, which in my arm was here. And then my ganglia here got inflamed, which is the colonels, the, 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 the commanders, the generals were like, OK, we need to analyze this. What the heck is this? Let's just find out. And then finally, when they understand what it is and what they need to do, they're like, OK, let them go. We need this information. And then all the side effects go away. So uh, that is exactly what you need when you get the pain, when you get the little uh you know, fatigue, you feel like flu-like symptoms. Yeah. You need to be happy. And if your ganglia are inflamed, oh, you need to party like I did. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's working. So I, that means for me that I will be protected. That means that I will protect my family. I will do my part as, as an individual of public health of this beautiful planet of ours that I'm doing my part to, to break this cycle. Yeah. Uh, the other side effects that could happen are inflammation, redness, of course, pain. It was pretty sore. It was pretty sore. Uh, Moderna has more side effects, more pain than Pfizer because Moderna, the first dose gets 90 percent uh, uh, efficacy. Wow. My gosh, isn't that awesome? That's yeah. why the immune system is like, oh, my God, what is this? It's awesome. But it, it is it is mild and it's very even if you get fever and you feel bad. 
is nothing in comparison with having the disease. So yeah, the long-term effects of COVID, whoa, we're seeing that. Mm -hmm. People seven, eight, and nine months later, and they're still totally incapacitated with yes. it and possibly will be for life in some estimations. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. So who is going to be getting the first vaccine and why? Well, the, you were one of them. I was one of them. I was the lucky one. I didn't deserve to have it, but I took it because it was, I, I earned it. So the people that are having it first are the ones that are more exposed and the ones that are dying the most mm -hmm. or the ones that we need for people not to die. Hence, yeah. medical health providers that are in the front line, the EMS people, the paramedics and the nurses, doctors and, and people that are in charge of that area yeah. and uh, the ones more susceptible to die, which in this case were the elderly with different diseases that were in this uh, nursing home places where you know, they were, they're all complicated and, and they were secluded that they didn't have the resources to do that much. So, mm -hmm. and then if one employee gets it, they see 20 patients, they spread it. And these people yeah. are not in a good shape to do it. That's why they were the big. So the they are ones. vectors. They're potential hotspot spreaders. Once you so have it, you get them are cleaned up. Yeah. 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 So get and them that's why you have to isolate. Neutralized. Okay. Yes. And then the second part would have been for those that have high incidents of getting the disease like if you have certain diseases but you're not living in a nursing home and you are over 75 those were the second route and then other medical uh personnel like the ones that goes the regular uh, secretary of your doctor office because they are the ones that see everybody and, and talk to everybody so they're high risk and then um and so on and then the other phase is for teachers, for professors, for people that work in school. So we can open the schools because mm -hmm. the kids don't get it, most of them. So then that's the next step. So it's, it's all organized in a way that eventually will take everybody because unfortunately, this is a brand new thing. They cannot make billions of vaccines at once. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. So yeah. they will be giving what they produce and then uh, uh, giving it to the most susceptible because the approval for these vaccines was not to prevent you from having little effects. It was to prevent you from dying mm -hmm. and from you to prevent uh, from you to getting into the hospital because it was the worst cases. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because as, as I, I actually sidebar, I, you know, friends in the medical community, those people are exhausted. They have been at this for now 300 days straight. Yeah. They are emotionally and physically exhausted. We don't have a whole other team of fresh medical people to come in when, when these people just lose it and can't keep going. We've got to help them keep the numbers low in the hospital. And keep in mind that they saw people dying left and right. Psychologically. Oh, my God. And they couldn't do a thing, which that is their job to save patients. And they couldn't. It was I mean, the PTSD for these people is yeah. horrible. And I'm getting chills as I speak. Yeah. Me too. And, and when I said that I didn't deserve it is because I don't see I'm, I don't work like them. But because I, um, oh, one thing, these people are the ones that are keeping us healthy when you get sick. So they need to be healthy, right? Yeah. So that's why the reason, in, and in my case, is because I was being a volunteer at this place that we were vaccinating this many people. So because I was free mm -hmm. and they needed me to continue coming, they needed yeah. to keep me healthy. Right. So I will continue helping. So yeah. that's why I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I do not begrudge any kind of uh, for vaccination for the first line workers. They're at this every day. I have a hard time taking myself to the gym three times a week because of the potential <laughs> exposure. They are yes. going in day in and day out and exposing themselves on With people behalf. that are truly sick, that they're yes. known. Yes. yes. Oh my God, the risk they're taking. Yeah, no, hats off, kudos. You can have all the yes. vaccine you want. Heroes, definitely. Yeah. Heroes. Mm -hmm. Oh, should patients, back to the questions, should mm -hmm. patients currently being treated for cancer get the vaccine? Yes. Yes. No. Okay. 
this is what you need to do. You need to create uh, an analysis for yourself because you're an individual, right? Yeah. Of risk and benefits. Yeah. So based on what you, where you are, the situation that you have, the, 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 the medications that you're taking, you need to talk to your doctor and find out what are your risks of not taking it and risk of taking it. And then you decide. Um, there's no indication or recommendations for people that are immunocompromised, like patients being treated by cancer, yeah. not to take the vaccine. On the contrary, it would make sense to do it because your immune system is all weak. Yeah. And if the virus comes over, like, oh, I'm going to take over, they will. So that's yeah. why th we recommend that you get the vaccine because the immune system is going to be like, oh, we're all tired and, and not that strong here. But at least they have the blueprint. They have yes. the, the checklist and they yeah. also have the, the strategy or how to attack it. So mm -hmm. then it would be easier for them to eventually get rid of it. Still, you shouldn't be getting the virus. You need to be extra careful protecting yourself from it. But yeah, that's that's what is recommended by the, both the FDA and the CDC. And, and that's what we need to follow. But again, each case is different. You need to talk to your doctor and make your own decision. You decide, not your doctor. Yeah. You yeah. Now, what about pregnant people? Same thing, because again, the risk and benefit is what you need to balance out. But there is a lot of data that we have that pregnant women that are in the hospital that are not a term have early deliveries yeah. and the babies are born without the normal weight. Their lungs are not developed. So cool. they, there you go. Then uh, there's known that COVID causes clots and females, pregnant females are also in high uh, incidence of clots. So if that happens just without the virus, and if you get the virus, the chances that you're going to get a clot are way higher. Also, there's a lot of uh, reports of people having hemorrhages after they deliver the baby that are hard to control. So um, it is too much risk yeah. not to do it. Yeah. And also the American uh, Association of uh, Neonatologists, that is the, the, the doctors that take care of newborns and the OBGYNs or obstetricians and gynecologists yeah. and pediatrics also, all of them have said, we think you should get it. Talk to your doctor, find yeah. out risk benefits, but, but, but we're not saying no. And this mm. is the thing that I want to emphasize here. We pharmacists know that if they don't know, they said no for children, no for pregnant, no for breastfeeding. That's not the case with this vaccine because this risk is so high yeah, yeah. that they don't want to take a chance. Yeah. Do we have any understanding of whether or not the baby will also then have immunity if the, the pregnant woman is inoculated? Well, we don't know yet because, again, we have uh, very few uh, cases of yeah. long term that they, they were, I think it was 28 females out of the studies that got pregnant afterward. They didn't plan it. It just happened. Yeah. But they haven't delivered the babies yet, so we don't right. know. But um, can they project? I know is that there gonna... any other vaccine that they can say, okay, this worked with this one. They haven't. They no, because this, this vaccine works differently. So we, it may be because we get the longer the time you spend in the tummy after the vaccine is given, the more chances you get those uh, uh, antibodies because yeah. basically is uh, being you you share the blood with your yeah. mom, yeah, in her, in her tummy. So I believe that it. I want to believe that that's going to happen, but yeah. we don't have anything in writing yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we, I'm, I'm sure there's a ton more questions we get. I could be asking you about this, but that covers the questions that you find through your practice, the legal drug dealer, both the community in your podcast and working with people to help them understand their health issues. Those are the questions that you tend to get. 
So um, just about uh, Marilena's business here, we, she's actually just starting her third season of the Legal Drug Dealer podcast, which you really should catch. And I've, I follow her on Instagram and she's got this amazing COVID-19 inform, informative capsules. Mm-hmm. Where, as she said, she, each day you answer, is it five questions? Five questions. Five questions. So if you are looking for a source in English and in Spanish of mm-hmm. good, solid information from somebody who knows what she's talking about, you should be following Marlena on both Facebook in her legal drug dealer community and on Instagram to catch her informative capsules that she will have there. Now, you've, you're doing that in Reels, I understand, in Instagram? Yes, I'm doing but- it on IGTV. Okay, I so they, they will still be there. They can go and find that resource of everything. Yes, it will be there for, for a long time. Produced. And, and Monday, I'm going to start doing now more of a the same amount of time, 15, 20 minutes at the most, because I talk a lot. I don't know if you already find that, found no. that out. But um, I, I'm just wanting to do a little uh, one subject at the time every day, because I think that I already answered most of the questions that are there in the IGTV. And now I want to talk about specific stuff and specific stuff that are more uh, in, the, in the surface right now, yeah. Like right now, the study that I just told you that just got out out of uh, England, where uh, we're talking about re- having the second time the disease and, yeah. and what incidence is that. And we need to talk about it because people are scared of getting it again. Yeah. So th- those are the little uh, th- what those are the areas that I want to discuss with them yeah. and start getting more information out there. So that's what is coming starting Monday, uh, the, 9th, the 18th of January. Yeah, it's definitely it's ongoing information that's building yeah. in real time. So yeah, it's not like you're going to run out of things to talk about. <laughs> so get over there on Facebook, find her, as I said, at the legal drug dealer community and on Instagram. And all your contact information is over there. And check out her podcast. Well, Maria Elena, thank you so much for being with me today and spending so much time and, and just being so patient, giving all this great information that we all really need. This is an, an amazing resource. Well, thank you for that. You know, you can tell that I'm passionate about it. And uh, I believe that somebody has to translate from the hard terms of uh, medical terms and mentality to the, the humans that are all of us that are, we're normal. So somebody has to do the translation and I have t- taken it upon myself to do that. And I hope I made myself understood, even though I have a little tiny, teeny accent. No, so I just, totally I, understandable. You, and it comes you, from my heart. You totally fit the bill I have for my podcast, which is conversations with women doing awesome shit. You're doing awesome shit. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you. much for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being with us today. Don't forget to take a look down in the notes to find any of the links to the goodies we talked about in today's podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel so you don't miss the next episode. Rate us or review us on iTunes or on YouTube and share us with a friend that you think might just need a bit of inspiration to start doing her own awesome shit. Do you know an incredible gal that's all that that you think the world needs to know more about? Head on over to our Facebook or our Instagram channel and DM me. Tell me about her. We'll see if we can't get her on the She's All That podcast.